0: Hello everybody and welcome once again to The Brink as we come to you once again for our podcast edition of the show. Not that we really had much of a choice because we're not on radio anymore and this is all we do. It's our 49th podcast episode, October 30th, 2017. We're back on a Monday for you, after uh, having a couple of days uh, late last week due to our travels, but uh, after our longest ever episode in our podcasting history last week, three glorious hours we're back to a little bit of normality this week. As we have a few regular guests and segments and everything else under the sun, we're recovering still from the Brink Unleashed 8, and we're very, very excited with the uh, end product. It's sort of been put together, the final pieces, and we'll let you know at the end of this episode when you can expect some of the trailers as well as the film itself to be released in a couple of weeks time but uh we didn't get to do this last week because we're on the road but uh just a bit of a shout out to our uh listeners around the world and um standard i think this week we've got no new countries sadly joining us this week but again shout out must go to our canadian listeners our american our uk and our cook islands listeners again we're we're picking up the cook islands fandom so uh excited for that um as always uh Always open to any of these people Messaging us in, communicating, saying g'day Saying hello, we'll get you on the show We can talk to somebody from the Cook Islands I don't know if I've ever met anybody from the Cook Islands before Except when they competed on that season for Survivor But um, yeah, give us a shout We'll give you a shout And that's how we'll uh, do it here on the Brink It's been a couple of weeks since we've had our next guest on Apparently we've needed to take a bit of a break From all things presidential But even then it seems that taking a break Doesn't really made anything much happen Uh, I do of course speak of Paul Luttrell Paul, welcome back to the show yeah, good to be here. Now we talk about Donald Trump, and we were just talking about off air then that there's not really been a whole lot compared to what we're used to. Uh, maybe he just knows that we're not talking about him, so he's like, "Oh, I don't need to do anything because the real news uh, isn't reporting on us." Not sad or something. I don't know. I mean, he really hasn't done anything that bad in the last few weeks.
1: Not really. He's just been uh, going about his business, I guess, being, uh, you know, incompetent and whatnot. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there has. I guess everything's died down a little bit after the kind of uh, the hurricane crises and crises Great. crises crises. That's
0: it. Yeah, that one. I was going to yep. say that. Um, I mean, one of the things that I was I was interested. I saw like the headline of was that he's going to be releasing files to do with the assassination of John F. Kennedy but you've just told me that it's not all of them, it's only some of them. Um, a, why, B, can he do this, and C, why?
1: I'm not sure, but it seems like uh, maybe he's just curious himself. He's had a look at them and he's thinking, oh, okay, I can handle this, but other people can't. Um, yes, Donald, that's probably not the case, but... Um yeah, it's, it seems like a strange move. If you're going to declassify something and, and release it, then maybe just release all of it.
0: It's it's weird. And, like, I'm just seeing here, Mr. Trump said in a memo, I have no choice. I mean, you do have a choice, Donald. Um, I mean, it's kind of... I, I don't know if they do it in America, but isn't there something in Australia that, like, every 30 years, like, classified files get released or something like that? There's, like, on New Year's Day... Um, like the National Archives release certain documents to do with Parliament and all that sort of stuff 30 years ago. It's kind of interesting every year. So, I mean, I don't know if that's just an Australian thing. They do that around the world and all the countries. But, I mean, this just seems like an incredible, like, I mean, obviously it's one of the biggest uh, conspiracy, you know, plots. Or A lot of people have all these theories around how he really was assassinated and everything yeah. along those lines. I mean, the last US president to get assassinated. I mean, you know, obviously it's a big deal. But I mean, it just—it just seems like what—what what does he have to gain from this? I mean, it just seem, seems—it's almost like, well, you know, I'm just going to soil the legacy of one of the U.S.'s most popular and, I guess, best presidents of all time by showing, oh, he really did this. Or I—I I, I can't even fathom to think what he's trying to gain from this.
1: Yeah, maybe it's just to cause take a bit of heat off him, take a cause a bit of a distraction. Really, people go go back through. It's obviously it's making headlines and whatever. Maybe he's going to do something himself um that's controversial and this will take you know a little bit of space in the news cycle
0: 2,800 previously secret documents will be released only 300 will be placed under a 180 day review so government agencies can again scrutinize the remaining documents um i mean look i'm sure it's fascinating yep fair enough uh, you know, a lot of people are fascinated by JFK. But you know, if he's going to release any sort of government, you know, classified files, where are the Area Fifty-One ones, Paul? I want to see like these classified documents from Roswell. These are the ones I want to see. Yeah,
1: definitely. They're the you know, if you're going to be uh, try and be transparent, let's let's see the 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 good stuff.
0: Yeah. Come on. I mean, you know, do something good, Donald. Be be the president who gets in there and is like, ah, I'm just going to release secret files. You know, just like, I'm not going to be in here for that long. May as well go out with the bang. Um, I mean, what else has been happening with him? There's been Republicans who are going against him. I mean, that's nothing new though, is it?
1: Oh, I guess not as, uh, they're not going up. They haven't been going after him as, uh, you know, as kind of, um, full on and aggressively as they are now. We've got Bob, is it Bob Corker? I think it's Bob Corker and Flake as another one. So interesting names, Corkers of names really, um, corker and flake and then mccain's obviously been you know opposing him this entire time he's kind of been like a, a, a john wayne or a clint eastwood figure that's kind of wandered into town he's rogue and he's disrupting all the you know the bad guys plans
0: it's i mean it's it's you don't see this pretty much anywhere else i think do you i mean we don't i mean i guess we've had some issues with the the both our parties when it comes to people leaking things and going against them. But I guess not so publicly. I mean, it's kind of like Kevin Rudd with Julia oh, wasn't me. What are you talking about? It wasn't me. And now it's like, Oh, Tony. Abbott. Oh no, it's not me. What are you talking about? Um, whereas nowadays the Republicans aren't afraid to come out and be like, yeah, it was me. I hate this guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. I guess we kind we, I mean, uh, Australian politicians ex- with a few exceptions, of course, uh, uh, obviously Pauline Hanson, and, um, and a few, but they're not as divisive as figures, I don't think. Maybe Tony Abbott was a little bit as well, and it's continu- and, and probably is more so now. Um, but I guess when Tony Abbott was uh, Prime Minister, Malcolm Turnbull was a little bit against him on Q&A. You'd, you'd see him standing up and saying, I don't agree with him on certain things and stuff like that. But, yeah, not, not to this level. This is kind of like openly attacking and, sa- and declaring that Trump is a threat to democracy, and uh, is debasing America basically with uh, with his actions, and that you know he's not fit to be president.
0: Yeah, it's it's quite interesting. I've just googled his uh, well Donald Trump, as always, um, and apparently he's released his own real news channel via Facebook. Uh. Uh, so weekly, he will provide an update on what Donald Trump really is doing, as opposed to the fake news. Um, so, uh, there's a couple of people who clearly have been roped in by the administration to be the face of this. Um, I mean, this is kind of just like a propaganda TV channel, isn't it? If you're just like producing a, yeah. a TV channel, this is, this is North Korea Kim Jong-un style.
1: Yeah. This is like first page of the dictator's
0: textbook right here. Um, yes,
1: re- re- create your own news channel because that'll be impartial. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe I could get a job for it. <laughs> I mean, I've got nothing to lose. I'm not American. Uh, it's it's crazy. Like this is legitimately something that he's doing. And I I haven't watched any of this, but I'm just seeing the, the screenshots here. It's some sort of it's a it's a blonde lady standing in front of a like a screen. It's got all DonaldJTrump.com all over it. Trump like he's even got his own logo still. Um, and I mean, this is the president of the United States. Does he need to use his logo? He is the president of the United States. Yeah. He has a logo. Like, I mean, yeah. where was the Obama logo? The Bushler, the Clinton, this is ridiculous. He doesn't even like advertise the fact that he's a president. You wouldn't even know he's the president watching this video. Yeah, apparently the U.S. flag is not
1: good enough for it
0: Mm. um, in terms of a logo. And this is is a man who goes off at people for kneeling during the national anthem to be disrespectful. You're the president of your country. You can't even show their own flag behind you. Yeah. It's
1: ridiculous. It's um, I'm expecting, um, yeah, just lots of gold to be in the set on that kind of news channel. He tends to have a fascination with gold, does there's, there's Donald.
0: I, um, I just I want the exclusive yeah, interview this week on Trump TV. We exclusively sit down with the president. I mean, you
1: know, he probably sits yeah, there. And just, the first question would be, Donald, <laughs> is it true that you're the greatest person on earth?
0: <laughs> I've met everybody out there, and I have to say I am the greatest of all time.
1: All time. <laughs> yeah, just, tremendous. tremendous, all the time.
0: Tremendous. There's never been no one as good as me. I, I've met everyone. Uh, yeah. uh, it's just, it's. I mean, who's Kaylee McKenney? McKenae? Uh, yeah, who, whoever she is, I, she's a journalist who really has been roped in uh, by this administration. Uh, she's never working again uh, after this. She's a former CNN contributor. Uh, so, well, he doesn't think CNN's real news. So what's he doing?
1: Uh- <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe he's just thinking, oh, she knows the ins and outs of CNN. She can bring them down from, uh,
0: you know, she knows their secrets. Well, I, I love the fact that now on Wikipedia, they've even put their own page for this uh, weekly update. It's called the Real News Update, commonly called Trump TV. Um, and it's published by Donald Trump's 2020 presidential campaign on Facebook. Um, wow, they've already started. <laughs> they need to yeah, start well, early. He started a while back. <laughs> he, did a,
1: he did a rally in Florida, didn't he,
0: uh, a few, like, months ago. Wow. He, I mean, he really is kind of, um, well, he needs to, doesn't he, basically? Um, this is crazy. And I just love the fact on Wikipedia, the Donald Trump hub at the bottom, just how big it is. <laughs> like, you've got presidency, life and politics, books, speeches, campaigns, family related. Um, there's Donald Trump in music. Uh,
1: in Mute? Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, this,
0: would- this is a big article. This is this is crazy. Donald Trump in music refers to songs, albums, and bands that refer to Donald Trump and various brands, including Trump Tower, his TV show, his hotel chain, and his casinos. Um, there are songs going all the way back to the 1980s that mentioned Donald Trump. Um, i
1: they're not, like, flattering in the least. I don't know why he has a link to those. <laughs> I reckon most of those would be Donald Trump is a dick.
0: Or, well, there's one the here, door. Gentrification Skank, by the connotations. Um, they say here, attentional property, wealthy and white Americans who believe in blah, 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 It's got here at the end. God bless Donald Trump and the American dream. Um, the Beastie Boys like in their song Johnny yeah. Rao. Donald Trump and Donald Trump living in the men's shelter. Okay. Um, Yep. There's a song here by Cindy Lee Berryhill called Trump. Uh, There's a song by Lou Reed called sick of you, uh, where there's a lyric that says they ordained the Trumps and then got the mumps.
1: Uh. (laughs) Yeah. This sounds like, I don't know why he would have those on his website. To promote himself. Oh no! This is this time. is
0: just Wikipedia. This isn't his website. Oh,
1: okay, okay, yeah. No,
0: no, this is um, this is sort of one of those ones where on Wikipedia they say all the things like in popular culture. Um, yeah. And I mean, well, he's,
1: uh, he's everywhere, obviously, because yeah. he's you know pretty. I guess he kind of symbolises like that Wall Street greed mentality, doesn't he? I mean, I read. American Psycho, and it seems like the whole thing is kind of based on – <laughs> and he pops up in the book constantly yeah. as kind of like this this figure to
0: aspire to by a lot of the Wall Street guys. It's just so fascinating because you've got 80s, 90s, and you've got 2000, 2009. Then you've got so many post-2010. So yeah. there's between 2010, 2014. Then you've got 2015 to 2016. Then you've got simply 2017. Uh, there's apparently Fiona, – Fiona Apple did a song called Tiny Hands – um big short and eminem did a song called (laughs) called no favors um kendrick lamar featuring u2 triple x now that's a combination i wasn't expecting
1: yeah
0: jeez who sold out more there uh Oh, like Kendrick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, we could be here all day going through this. It's, it's so fascinating. I love just kind of the web of, um, you know, mazes that you can go through on Wikipedia that always lead you to all these random things. Um, and just just the Donald Trump hub is just fascinating just reading here. He had a book called Think Big and Kick Arse. There you go. Wow. Um, <laughs> Anyway, I'm learning a lot here, Paul. um, Hopefully he'll do something in the next week because, I mean, again, it's kind of weird, isn't it, to come on here. It's like whenever we don't have you on for a while, seriously, nothing seems to happen. Within the next week, we're probably going to be at nuclear war. So we we are the show that makes Donald Trump do shit, apparently.
1: Yep, he, uh, his schedule runs according to us.
0: Apparently. Oh, just, oh, 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 well, I've got you. Just really quickly, I will mention, though, completely off topic. Uh, I mean, I thought we'd end this on some good news, at least for yourself anyway. You don't know I was going to ask you this, but I'm going to ask you it anyway. Uh, Essendon yeah. did pretty well in the trade period. You must be pretty satisfied heading into 2018.
1: Yeah, they seem they seem to pick up a few uh, few players in there that are going to kind of help us out, I think. Yeah. Um, it's interesting though, it kind of seemed like the, the kind of players that we really already had kind of um, people who played similar roles in, like uh, small defenders, we've got plenty of those, and we've got Saad now as well, we already had quite a few running defenders, but then again, you can never have too many of those. Um, but I mean, Cramery and Devon Smith, I mean, our f- small forwards are already doing quite well as well, we probably just needed another tall forward.
0: Well, by all means, send them our way because I think you stole about two of the people we wanted. Uh, it was like Colton, like we will get Smith and Sard; they're our main targets next minute. Oh, they're going to Essen and great.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I think we we'll have do, done pretty well. We should have a fair bit of depth next year.
0: Um, mm, yeah. I read a very good article uh, about a week ago that was, uh, I think, it was the Age did it and they were basically saying about how it was the Essendon-Carlton rivalry, and they were basically saying the race to Premiership 17 is on with the recruiting that both clubs have done, and uh, sort of saying how hopefully the rivalry between the two clubs, which has sort of died in the last few years, can be reignited. And they were basically saying that Essendon has sort of gone for maybe more of a short term plan to kind of chase success in the next few years, whereas Carlton have gone the more long-term route, you know, uh, you know something that we'll take maybe within the next 10. So, but I mean, having said that, uh, you know, the fact that we live in a world now, Paul, where we can literally say in the last two years, the Western Bulldogs and Richmond won premierships. Who the fuck knows who's winning the premiership next year? I mean, if you had ever said that to me two and a half years ago, and I'm sure it's same to you, we wouldn't have believed it. we are just grown up, used to seeing those two clubs not do well. And here we are living in a world where they've both won the last two grand finals.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 interesting that because like the long-term approach, it doesn't always pay off a lot of the time. I mean, you look at the recruiting of the Carlton Essendon, and other kind of teams that have been around that midsection the last you know 10 years or so. Um, it, they look like they've recruited superstars, but they just don't pan out to to be as good as they the hype mm. really. Um, but then you see teams like Hawthorne, Sydney, Geelong, who just Constantly seem to be up the top of the ladder. Um, their recruiting is—it's—it's it's almost like an ongoing thing where they kind of get rid of players and then bring other players in so that they're all, they always have this strong team. Whereas yeah. I think sometimes just planning too far ahead is is probably not the greatest thing. But then again, short term, short term—I mean, it
0: has its downfalls as well. Well, a lot of people suggested that GWS are going to win like the next six grand finals. You know, yeah, I yeah. think I remember the beginning of this year reading people's predictions, I think say there were 20 predictions on AFL.com, like 19 of them chose GWS to win the grand final. Uh, And I think the other person might have picked West Coast, I believe, from memory. So, I mean, it was kind of, yeah, it's it's interesting to see that. And, you know, you look at the Gold Coast, similar thing, but uh, they're kind of going the opposite direction. So... Yeah, it's a fascinating sport at the moment. We'll see who we uh, who we have next year. I'm sure this time next year we'll probably be talking about as Melbourne as premiers or somebody like. That. Just just break the droughts. That's what all I like, keep saying. Keep breaking these droughts. I like it seeing these teams starve of success. Except for St Kilda, it's kind of fun to see them suffer a bit. So yeah, <laughs> um, Paul, as always, Trump and turned AFL, but uh, we'll get you on again soon, and uh, we'll speak to you shortly.
1: Yeah, no problem. <laughs>
0: Time to hit a button and hear this. This is like a flash. This is like a dream. And flash ourselves back. We're going back to the year 2009 again as we continue our look at that year of the best of 2009. And uh, for the very first time on the show, we became a sort of a regular Uh, Yearly segment that we would do The world's greatest shave Raising money of course The Leukemia Foundation Every single March But we did it for the very first time Back in 2009 Now 2008 We coloured our hair But we didn't quite have the balls To shave But in 2009 For the very first time of my life I shaved my head and I did it live on air. So uh, let's go back to that year and hear me getting some balls and shaving my head for the Leukemia Foundation World's Greatest Shave 2009. And the time has come for me to fill those undies up with a bit more poo, because I think the poo is yeah. building up very much so, Josh. Yeah, I can hear those very closely. We actually have um, a couple of people in the studio now. Um, I'm not sure if they... Yeah, Katie wants to say hello. But, um... Yes, it's it's getting there. Josh, are you actually going to do this properly? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you absolutely 100% positively sure that this is going to be done properly? Ben, would I ever lie to you? I'm just trying to extend this out a little bit, so... Are we going to get it started now, do you reckon? Yeah. Yes. All right. Let's so, people, hang on, but people who are just tuning in and are going, what the F's going on right now? I'm shaving my head for the world's greatest shave, so it's going to happen now, apparently. Ben, I've never shaved anyone's head in my life, so this is going to be fun. And so, Josh Ooh. is about to do it. Um, you can start any time now, Josh. put
2: something around
0: your neck? Uh, just, just, just do it. Just okay. do it, All right. No, no guts, no glory. <laughs> as people are starting to get a bit worried now as they can see it going. Josh, you can speak a little bit over in the microphone, can you? I can. Yes. I've been informed, actually, that people have been doing this on ABC Radio this morning, so they've stolen our idea. <laughs> Is it? How's it looking back there? It's
2: like you've got little hair at the moment. Yeah, it's very
1: long.
0: We need to give some running commentary. I think you got to get rid of the fluffy bits down the back too. Because yeah, of,
2: I'll, get, I'll get there. I'll get
0: there. It's there. People, this is great radio, isn't it? <laughs> it is. I don't even know if people can hear me over that Whoa. buzzing. They might not hear me at all. Josh, keep giving some running commentary. Okay,
2: well, at the moment, <laughs> I think we should have had a number one on the thing. I'm going to go to to the bare bones of it once I've got the bulk of your hair off.
0: Yeah, the bulk of my hair. There's like about three kilos. Is that what you said before? Yeah,
2: that's all ingrown, though.
0: Now, um, we're filming this at the moment so people can, you know, see it and they can buy the hair on ebay apparently we're going to sell it i know that the crowd outside are wanting to buy some <laughs> we've got little baggies for it you know you could make a jumper out of this you could knit do you think it needs to be long enough <laughs> i could just see all the nana's there going oh that's shaving his hair i think we might start i you gonna go bald
2: when you're older Ben? Bit of a widow's
0: peak going on up here. My dad likes to call it the golden arches. It's a family trait. <laughs> oh, a bit of hair went in my mouth. Oh, it tastes quite nice actually. I can see why the newspapers say I'm yummy. Um, that's very <laughs> nutritious. Um, <laughs> Almost clogged up the. Uh, I can't wait to see the photos. Actually, they're go- they're going to look well, I think. How's it going, Josh? I'm well. Am I? How bald am I?
2: You're not bald. Yet. Yeah. You're I'm not old old.
0: Old. Give it. The- give it a moment. Okay. Because
2: you want me to go all the way down, don't
0: you? Oh, hell yeah. Okay. We might have to snip this up. It's going well. People at home, if you're still listening and on the internet or wherever you may be listening, (laughs) it's, um... This is why you shouldn't shave your head on radio, because no one can see it, (laughs) and you're just trying to talk over something going... And it's sounding very weird, I'm guessing, right now.
2: Yeah, well...
0: Very weird at all. It's, 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 We're getting it, there. It feels kind of soothing, actually. <laughs> I'm n-
2: doing something soothing to you. I don't
0: want anyone to hear that. No, no, that sounds a bit wrong. I, I feel like I'm so famous right now with all these cameras taking photos of me. You
3: have a big hair in your eyebrow,
0: then. A big hair in my eyebrow, I've been told. That's my publicist. She's, uh, you know. Turn to the side. Hello, look at me go. All right, I I think the listeners are starting to lose their threshold, so we should sing or something. (laughs) you should do this to get the lyrics. I should have been doing that at the same time. Now, right. right. This this is where I take
2: the clipper thingy off. Right. And?
0: We're going to go the baldness. Okay. Now, this might hurt, actually. I'll try not to. Now, uh, this is where I get slightly scared. (laughs) Is it going? Is it working? (laughs) (laughs) I take that as a yes, I'm getting shakes of head right now and I'm starting to get scared of what the hell this is going to look like, Katie is taking photos, I'm not moving and I'm getting filmed, is that still working, I think Josh is going to give me a a mohawk at the same time. I think we might actually go to some uh, music right now and come back. So um, if we'd like to cue that up, Josh, you can stop that for one moment. Turn that off for a second. We'll go to the next song. Thank you very much. It's actually something that I just now do. I just get to the point where I'm like, eh, can't be bothered getting a haircut. I'm a bit stingy with the money. I'm just going to shave my head. So um, it obviously caught on a little bit and... uh, Something I'll still do from time to time. Been some time since we've had this person on the show, which means it's perfect time for Dakota. What does Dakota say? And he's not in my house this time, thank God. He's just down the road a little bit, but we just didn't invite him over. Uh, what's up, Dakota?
3: Hey, how come I wasn't invited over?
0: Um, I don't have a good excuse. <laughs> just cause I was like, oh cool, I could do a recording with Dakota, but yeah, I don't really want him over because then he'll like want shit, and he'll be here for a while, and I'll have to set up and put on makeup. So I just kind of thought, well, look, look, we just sit here on the computer for once and go back to old Enjoy. times.
3: We're doing a brink recording,
0: not shooting a porn shoot. Oh, well, that's later on, I guess. Um, I mean, you can come over next week, I guess. We can do some Forget the Lyrics and shit. That no, was I don't fun. want to. don't want to anymore. Oh, okay. I don't, well, don't want
3: to anymore. That's my You're feeling. You've lost your opportunity. What's, yeah.
0: um, what's been happening in Dakotaville though? It's been, I think, about a month or so. Anything exciting to no, report?
3: Uh it's done. Yay.
0: Cool. And how's that going?
3: Yeah. Um, well, I'm passing, so I guess it's going well.
0: So you haven't quit yet. No, not yet. Not yet. Uh, are you tempted yeah. to, or are you still <laughs> um, struggling?
3: Not at the moment. Are you on
0: the toilet no, right now or something? Like, What's that noise?
3: No, I'm pouring a drink.
0: Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's gotten to that point already where my interviews are leading people to the bottle. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, Ben again. Get the scotch. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit early, isn't it? It's only 11 o'clock in the morning, That's, Dakota. It's, it's
3: just iced
0: tea, yeah. It's just iced tea. Oh, iced tea. Right. Is it Lipton's? It is Lipton. Of course it would be. What else would it be? Lipton's proud sponsor of The Brink. Uh, Not really, but they might be one day. Who knows? Um, So, uni is back. Um, Are you doing... Well, uni's
3: not back. Uni's finished.
0: Oh. Oh, it's finished. Oh, right. Yes. For forever, or... um, No, for three months. Oh, okay. Well... It's done for the year. So, that's good then. Um, Sorry, I misheard you before. Uh, So, what... In summer, so you, I was going to say you didn't do a whole year. You obviously only did one semester, didn't you? So I mean, um, what, yeah. what would you? How would you summarize one semester of university life in five words?
3: Um, it's not what I expected.
0: It's not what I expected. That's five words. Well done. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> you didn't even hesitate with that one either. You planned that well, or you just got lucky. I think you I just did. got lucky.
2: Yeah, I think yeah, that's good.
0: Um, <laughs> but so, you know, you get three months off now, uh, and you're going back again for next semester. I am. Yep. Cool. You sound very thrilled for that. Um, what, yes. what's on the agenda then for three months? What, what's Dakota going to do until he goes um, back?
3: Well, I was like, I might look for a job, but the thing is there, I don't really want to do
0: stuff. <laughs> um, hope so maybe in. I
3: won't look for a job. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh well I'm not sure yet. So that's it. <laughs> what do you do for three months? Uh yeah. might oh, look for a job. Dunno yet. Cool. Eventually
3: for the three months <laughs> I'm going to argue with myself whether or not I should look for a job. And then by the time I go, Yeah, I might get a job, mm-hmm. you know. We'll be back, so
0: Okay. And what 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 <laughs> yeah. what are you looking for? What's Dakota Leary want when it comes to a job?
3: Um, well I've got experience in cafe work, so I'll just go back to Working in a cafe, I suppose, or cool. at a bar somewhere, I don't
0: know. You could start your own cafe. It could be like Dakota's.
3: Yep. <laughs> could be. Yep. Or something else. Oh, he's a passionate
0: young 15 year old, this one. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm
3: 18.
0: Actually, I'm
3: 19. Well, I was going to say, your birthday's my... soon, yeah. isn't it? Um, yeah, 12th of November.
0: 12th of November, okay. So, um, what, what does Dakota Leary do for his birthday? I
3: don't know. We're going
0: you yeah, get well, okay, cool, because that's what you but do when you're 19.
3: Unintentionally wasted. Unint- how do you get
0: unintentionally wasted?
3: Well, you go out of town with the intention of just having a few drinks, mm-hmm. and your friends are like, "No, nah, have heaps."
0: Okay, and then you just and end like, up yeah, like right. waking up next to a badger. Yep,
3: yeah, basically.
0: Yeah. Okay. And what's what's yeah. uh, what's a 19? Well, sorry, an 18 year old like. Where do they go? Like, I, I went out for the first time in Hobart in, like, 10 years on my birthday this year and, like, know where yeah. I used to go to existed or they would just change names or, like, I don't know. People like, oh, let's go here. And I'm like, cool. I don't know where that is, but awesome. <laughs> uh, like, what is the go-to place now for 18-year-olds? Well,
3: I don't usually go to um, clubs and stuff. Oh, because yeah. I'm
0: too cool for those. Of, <laughs>
3: most of my friends go to O Bar and stuff. Right. Um I usually hang out at Republic and stuff like that.
0: So. Oh well, look at me, lardy da. We're too cool to go into the city. We're going to stick to North Hobart. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Obar was a thing. I went to Obar. I think that's been around for a yeah, while. Um, I
3: hate hate it. I went you, once and I'm like no.
0: I'm you sorry. is that, is that rabbit still there? Isn't there a bunny when you go inside? Yeah, the rabbit's still there. Yeah, thought so. Um, yeah, I mean, I I'm, I show my age. Isobar, Club Surreal, they were my haunts. Um, Surreal shut down like three months after I turned 18, so clearly like, oh, no, Ben's 18. <laughs> Time to close down. Ice,
3: Isobar
0: only just shut down. Yeah, I heard that. You know, I actually went out um, in the last week or so. Uh, I don't know. You're a long-term listener to our show in the Dakota. I know you listen to everything that Noah and I got to up on our trip. <laughs> Definitely. But uh, yeah. we went drinking in Launceston on a Sunday night. That was a happening <laughs> <Ooh>. place. <laughs> Was it? Well, I mean, we went to our bar that we were staying at. They closed at, like, nine. We had a smelly pool guy hanging around us, which was a bit weird. Then we went hunting for the monkeys, but they'd gone. So then we went to the Royal Oak. Then they kicked us out at, like, ten. And then we overheard this person say, oh, Irish Murphy's is still open. So we went to Irish Murphy's and we left at, like, one, I think, um... I don't know. We had a bit to drink, but um, I mean, it's Launceston for you. I mean, God, we braved the city on a on a Sunday night. <laughs> I'm surprised you're back. Oh, uh, me too. Uh, we even survived yeah. Queenstown. Uh, we oh, even, you survived Queenstown. We even survived Wynyard. That's a death pool oh of a town. God. Smithton Oh my God. Holy shit! Right? How you do it? I know. Oh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's just it's all about me, I guess. But um, I mean, what? <laughs> Like you got three months, Dakota. Like, do something. How's Hermes? What's he up to? I don't know. We get coffee sometimes. Oh yeah, you know. Need to do shit. Need to do stuff. What about that guy who like came into the studio at high noon and didn't bring his dim sims? What guy? Yeah. Well, I don't know his name. He's your friend. Oh
3: okay. Oh, well, the
0: Josh. Josh. Yeah, Josh. Of course. Yeah. The Josh. Yeah, he's around.
3: He's
0: yeah. around. Do shit yeah. with him. I do. Okay. <laughs> Fuck. Um, <laughs> cool. What? I mean, look, at the time of this being released uh, on the Monday, we probably would know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway because we we're recording this on a Friday to date this, but uh, Lewis Hamilton going to win the championship this weekend? <laughs> Surely. He's got to. It. Yeah, it's a bit sad. I mean, you're it's a Lewis not, fan, yeah. I guess. But um, I am, but
3: it's still, I would have liked to see it come down to the final. Right?
0: Yeah, I feel bad for yeah. Seb. Poor little Seb.
3: Yeah. It all went so well,
0: and it all just went so bad. I know, I know. I mean, yeah. it's it's um, it's it's kind of fizzled off this season. I feel like it was so good, but now it's just kind of like, eh, yeah, you know. Yeah, I
3: don't know what's happened.
0: I mean, I couldn't watch it live the other day because I was in Longleeson. Yeah, uh, but I finally watched it. But um, and I don't
3: think um, I don't think Mercedes have brought any. Particularly major upgrades over the years, so I don't know. Uh, it's,
0: I mean, it's like it's, yeah. it's got a bit more exciting this year. It's great, but I mean, it's at the end of the day, we're getting the same result. I mean, yeah, you know. I mean, I know you like Mercedes, but what happened to Bottas? He's gone. He just fell off a cliff, didn't he? Did he? Well, I mean, he hasn't done shit all since like when did he last win a race? Austria, wasn't it? He's gone, all right. He's yeah. On the podium a few times, <laughs> bit of bit of, of four. Here's a question for you, actually. He's, did you see the um, yeah. the introductions that they did at the US? Like where they kind of either had that, yeah, yeah. How old, like everyone's complaining about this crap? I fucking yeah, loved, I loved it. it. It was brilliant. Yeah, I thought it was the best thing ever. Yeah, that was great. This is um I don't know what everyone's
3: complaining about.
0: Yeah, I mean that that's America for you. That's yeah. how they do shit there, and that's why I love yeah. the country. And like that was so much fun. Um and yeah, I mean I don't think they can do that every race because that. Dude yeah. is like American and he wouldn't travel around the world, but every year for the American yeah. Grand Prix, for sure, do it. That's brilliant. Yeah,
3: the awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I mean, we're well,
3: thinking of doing different stuff for
0: different um, which is great. Countries. And I mean, yeah. they had that weird uh, superimposed image of a flying bird over the track, which is strange. But um, the no, I think
3: that was actually a
0: bird. No, they came out and admitted apparently it was like a computer generated image. So what? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know how I no, feel be- about that. <laughs>
3: For a computer generated image, you'd have to pre record the race and then put it over. Oh,
0: well, I think, like, no, you can, there are certain, you've seen it on a lot of the, um, some of the tracks, they'll have those superimposed advertising on the track. I'm sure you've seen those. Yeah, like but that's not like On-screen CGI, graphics. Eh? Oh, well, I mean, it was like just... I guess it was a version of on-screen graphics and some The way. bird
3: would be CGI, sure. Well,
0: I, I, I don't know. But um, when I was in Austin last year, I did not see giant birds flying over the circuit. Yeah. Um, but the one thing I was going to say, because uh, we always get on Formula One tangents, which I think is exciting news. They've teased that uh, in 2018, they're going to have like an online streaming service that you can pay for, like a subscription package. Which, Ooh. I mean, that to me is like, the only reason I get Foxtel, hello to all our good friends at Foxtel, yeah. is essentially because of Formula 1, and AFL's a bonus, yeah. but you can already get an AFL live pass, so I would pay for an AFL yeah. live pass if I also could get a Formula 1 one, so if they all of a sudden have a Formula 1 live pass... I am. Yeah. I am no longer getting fox. I mean, yeah. I don't pay for Same. fox. So admittedly, my so own. how
3: much? Well, how much would it be? Then? It
0: would be expensive. I can't imagine it would be cheap. Yeah. But I mean, like the thing is, like the NBA and the NHL, for example, for a season's maybe 120 bucks US, so 150 Australian. And like you got to admit, like NHL, NBA, they have like 80 games, you know, for your team each year. Yeah. They've only going to have 21 races. So you know, even even 10 dollars a race is 210 dollars for the year, which I mean is pricey. But I mean with the, all the extra content, apparently there's rumours that they'll have classic races that you can go back into the archives for. So, um, I mean, look, I think that I, I look forward to sort of an out, but this will get a lot of people on board. I mean, um, you know, it's, it's great that Liberty Media are finally getting this sort of into the 21st century. And I, I read a report recently that they did some ranking of all major sports leagues around the world and who's got the best social media and the so best internet. And Formula's, like, jumped into the top five and... You know, two, sure. three years sure. ago when Bernie Eccleson is basically saying, oh, social media sucks. Yeah. You know, um, it's great. It's great for for everything. Yeah. Uh, are you going to the Australian Grand Prix next year, Dakota?
3: Um, I hope to, if I can scrounge up the money.
0: Cool. I, d- yep. I i hope i can too i'll be on the gold coast in my job but i um oh, what? i hope i can get my weekend my first weekend off so i can jet down to melbourne for at least a race and then bugger back up to what, the gold coast so what
3: job is this on the
0: gold coast i'm 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 working with the commonwealth games so you know oh, you and i are, are both doing? connected with the commonwealth games you and i are both carrying the yeah. queen's baton we are yes it's exciting I hope, we, I hope we get to hand it to each other. I'm going to, like, deliberately make you drop it so you get embarrassed and around the world. No,
3: I, doubt, I don't think we will get to hand it to each other. There's only 200 metres per person. But I'm running literally through the middle of Glenorchy.
0: I don't know if I've gotten my route yet. Um, mm. I just know I'm in Glenorchy. Yeah, but, uh. <laughs> oh, interesting. interesting. Um, but, but, like, you can run or walk it. So what are you going to do? Are you going to run it or are you going to walk it?
3: Um... Um, I don't know. It's only two hundred meters.
0: So I guess I can run it. But... I think I might walk it to soak in the atmosphere. Yeah. You know, like I mean, two hundred meters. Yeah. The same bowl can do that in like eighteen seconds. I could probably do it in like yeah, fifty yeah, seconds. Right. But... Maybe I'll walk it. Maybe I don't I'll know. And like this is the thing. The one thing I'll say, and this is no disrespect to the whole thing, because I'm I'm on it and you're on it to, to be doing yeah. it. Um, but like if this was the Olympics, we would get the option to pay like five hundred bucks and we would get to keep the torch. Because I remember during Sydney yeah, two thousand, well, you would have been like when Sydney 2000 was on, so you wouldn't remember it. But I remember yeah. we went to, like, yeah. one of the lighting ceremonies and we got talking to one of the torchbearers and he was all like, oh, yeah, no, I've, I, I can buy this torch. It's 500 bucks. And you'd want to keep it. Yeah. Whereas the Queen's baton, like, you don't have separate ones. This is just literally the one yeah. baton. The queen, this is the Queen in her, yeah. like, cupboard. She's like, hey, Philip, let's get this off to the Gold Coast. Um, And, like, the funniest thing is, like, I don't know if you've ever known, like, how this works. But basically... The Queen writes a message. She puts it in this baton. She starts right. it off. She handed it off to, her like enemies, like, back in March. Goes all the way around yeah. the world. Then on the opening ceremony yeah. next year in March, like, the Queen, she can't fly to Australia. She's too fragile, so it'll be Prince Charles. He'll get yeah. there in front of the, the Metricon Stadium, in front of the world. He opens up the baton. He reads a message. And all it literally says is, oh, go, athletes. Brilliant. Like, it says, like, three lines. Like, I mean. Oh, jeez. Like, like. They've got Skype now. How do you even know it's from the Queen? Well, exactly. One of the aides has written it. Uh, Your Majesty, (laughs) I've written, go athletes, brilliant. Oh, no, that's not believable. Fuck off. Okay, I'll add that in there. That's not believable. Fuck off. Uh... (laughs) Uh, It'll be something like, oh, on behalf of the Commonwealth, I wish the best to all the athletes. Let's Sterling 13 days of competition and... Don't take yeah, drugs, it will be. basically. Yeah. So. Basically, it's I mean, it's, it I mean, I love the Commonwealth Games. They're, they're kind of slowly becoming a bit more obsolete compared to, you know, back the back in terms of uh, how they used to be growing up. But they are just the <clears> Olympics <throat> junior. And also, yeah. I, I always love the Commonwealth Games just because, to me, that's how America must feel at the Olympics because Australia wins, like, 80 gold medals. So, like, I mean, we generally... We finish on top all the time, except for the last ones in Glasgow. Yeah. We got second to bloody England. But, um like literally at the Olympics you wake up and it's like Australia won a bronze today yay whereas at the Commonwealth Games it's like oh we only won 17 gold today a disappointing day for Australia Uh, so (laughs) it's like I I just love the Commonwealth Games the fact that yeah this is how America must feel you know dominating the world but uh, anyway anything else to add? I don't know Uh, Uh, not
3: really I don't have much else to add on the Commonwealth
0: Games anything else to add on life any opinions you want to share before Uh, we let you go? Drugs are bad. Okay. Uh. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. All right. Stick
3: to alcohol. Well, regardless of the fact that it's not that it's a drug, just ignore that. Fuck off,
0: (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. The Glenorchy Young Citizen of the Year. Uh, Are you running for council now that they're like redoing this again? I am actually. you serious. I'm actually serious, Holy I'm running for alderman. Holy fuck, I I am not yeah. um I am not voting in the election next year. <laughs> I'm glad this is no, this didn't. is the part where I am leaving Glenorchy City Council finally. Uh, so vote for me, you'll good. Will I? What yeah. do I get?
3: Um. Well, we can talk about that
0: off air. Wow, you're just admitting to bribing me. That's that's voter bribery. Mm-hmm. Vote one, Dakota Leary. Ah, uh, dim sims is all I request. Um, dim sims is all
3: you request. All right. Free
0: dim sims for every citizen of Glenorchy. <laughs> you should yeah, run right, on a pl- do that. That'd be a fun platform to run on. Uh yeah. yes. Uh, dim the- sims. Yeah. Dakota Leary, what will you be running on? Yes, uh, Your Honour, I will be running on the notion that every citizen of Glenorchy will get a free dim sim. Oh, yes, we vote for Dakota. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, I can see that happening. <laughs> That's not that hard. Just go to Woolworths, yeah. buy like 100 bags of those, like 50 yeah. bags of Dim Zims. No. Well, uh, in Glenorchy, all I
3: have to do is offer them free beer and they
0: should be right. So. Yeah, true. Free drugs. Yeah. Um, free knives. Free, free weapon. Yeah, free weapons. Free yeah, free, free burnt-out yeah. cars to save them from already yeah. doing it. So Exactly. should uh, be easy. Yeah. yeah, why not? Dakota, yeah. it's fun. We'll get you in the house yes. next time. We'll do some songs. Okay. and Shit and sure. maybe not shit, All so right. it's a bit of awkward, but uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you. i think we've been doing over the last few weeks is bringing you some uh, snippets and best of highlights from uh, sort of episodes that we're recording on our sister shows. Uh, one of them, of course, the Oz Network. And uh, we've been doing DC month. We're looking at uh, the four DC EU movies in the lead up to Justice League, which is coming out in November. Suicide Squad was our latest one, and as always, it's a little bit fun. Uh, there's a witch sort of woman in it. If you haven't seen uh, Suicide Squad, I, I explain it very well. I'm definitely trying to get you to listen to our other podcasts. And uh, Colin and I got a little bit, um, I don't know if you'd say excited, but got a little bit sidetracked, as we often do, in regards to uh, certain treatment of this character. I do also like this, this bit there where um, like they walk into the bit and Rick Flagg sort of sees her. I want to say, you need to go in there and you need to slap her ass and tell her to knock this shit <laughs> off. <laughs>
4: yeah, I don't think that's going to go over too well.
0: <laughs> like, and like, again, I love the fact that there's compl- complaints, oh, this bit's sexist. Like, for the love of God, it's just like, I don't even, like... He's a villain! He's a villain! Like, oh, even villains can't be sexist? No. <laughs> no. Oh, he's a rapist? And I love... Make it sure that he's a consensual rapist. That's sexist. <laughs> like It's
1: also, like, an incredibly powerful world-eating witch. <laughs> and you want to pull the... She does not deserve to be objectified like that. She's killed many people. She has basically committed rape and turned half of the men in Midway City into avocado heads. Where's the outrage over her?
0: It doesn't matter, Colin. She's a woman. It's alright. <laughs> that's a good point. She's like this evil, evil woman. No, do not slap her on the ass. <laughs> sexist. Not take it. Sorry. Sorry. When you kill her, you're not allowed to hit her. That's sexist. Alright? If we had just had that scene in there and she's like,
5: hashtag me too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god!
0: Enchantress <laughs> <laughs> of Twitter <laughs> <laughs> tried to destroy the world, but objectified. <laughs> Never okay. Hashtag me too. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> <coughs>
0: <coughs>
4: two men right. talk about
0: women's issues on the oz network it always goes well now again that was just uh in the moment here in the moment i think there was nothing inappropriate there i think it was kind of a, a bit of a interesting conversation but that episode's available now head to the oz and our wonder woman uh episode is coming up next so uh get excited we're excited it's the oz network listen to it <laughs> We've done this in a few weeks. Classic interview. We don't actually have an introduction for classic interview. It's one of the few things we don't have an introduction for. Uh, But we've played some uh, of our best interviews that we've had over our uh, history on the brink. And he's he's one that is kind of maybe not a a huge household name, but one for me that was a big deal. And I think this is probably the last ever major interview we did on the show in terms of uh, when we were still on on radio Uh, and... Back in 2015, when it was you know we were still planning on having a full year, all that sort of stuff, Uh, we basically only lasted January because life changed and I had to sort of end the show. Uh, But we initially planned in 2015 to play the song "Blue" by Eiffel 65. To me, the second greatest song in the history of music, a hundred times across the course of 2015. And uh, given that we kind of had a little bit of uh, an earlier finish than we thought we would to the year, we had to catch up on that. So we ended up doing well and we ended up playing a hundred times. But uh, one of our goals was then to interview uh Eiffel 65, the band, lead singer Jeffrey J. And um it actually turned out to be a little bit more difficult than we thought. Uh We got people like Lou Baker on the show to kind of talk to about, you know, Mumbo Number no. 5, 1999 music and all that sort of stuff. We we tracked down Jeffrey J, Eiffel 65, but it was kind of always a scheduling conflict. We just could never lock it in. But uh, I think it was about a week ahead of our final show. We finally locked him in. We finally got the lead singer of Eiffel 65, Jeffrey J on the show. So we're going to go back to the year 2015 and we're going to play our last ever major interview we had on the brink at the time when we were on radio, of course. My chat with lead singer of Eiffel 65, Mr. Jeffrey Jay. Jeffrey J is the frontman of one of Italy's biggest bands, Eiffel 65, who received international success in 1999 with their mega hit "Blue," as well as their follow-up song "Move Your Body," a Grammy nomination, multiple number ones, and millions of albums sold. Later, the band is still touring the world and even recently brought their show to Australia back in 2012. I sat down with Jeffrey to talk about the song "Blue," what the actual meaning is behind it, and just how the song managed to get into Iron Man 3 and the interesting request that Jeffrey. Welcome to this. the Brink and Edge Radio.
4: Thank you, Ben. It's a big pleasure to be here, man.
0: It's a huge pleasure because, of course, we're speaking to you direct from, from Italy, so uh, this is right, the exactly. joys of technology. And uh, I also believe, uh, only a couple of weeks ago, you uh, celebrated your birthday, too. So, first of all, happy birthday for the other week.
4: Thanks. Thanks. That's that's really nice of you to remember. that. Uh, but just don't remember how old I am. because no. I don't want to remember that. No,
0: no. We'll we, we make sure we, we just withhold that information, of
4: course. Yeah. That, I think I'll keep that for myself, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though with the internet, it's really easy just to fetch any kind of information on anybody. So, you know, you just can't keep it away from people. Yes. Thank God I don't look as old as I am. So, you know, that's
0: nice. Well, I saw actually, uh, I think, some pictures of you guys performing recently. And, you um, know, honestly, like I don't think you guys have aged much since 1999. So, whatever, you, whatever you're whatever drinking there initially, Jeffrey, it's doing well for yourself. Well-
4: well, 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 it's not something that I'm drinking, but I'm sleep- I'm sleeping in the fridge, so it helps. You know? It keeps you cold. It keeps you tight. Yeah, yes. It keeps you kind of up and going, so I think that helps.
0: That's the secret. That's the secret. People need to hear <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah,
4: just just gave that away to you, <laughs> yes.
0: man. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, I could imagine for you that, uh, I mean, Australia is a country that, of course, you'd hold very close to your heart. I mean, Blue, huge here, uh, went number one for multiple weeks, and of course, as I said at the start there, you toured here a couple of years ago, and I, and I believe that was, was that your first time here to Australia when you did come here?
4: Well, yeah, yeah, it was my first time there. Um, it was really great to be there. I do have some some parents, you know, some relatives. Uh, sorry, uh, in uh, in Australia, in Melbourne, uh, my aunt lives there, and she's been telling me all my life to go. And finally, we got to go down with the band. It was really great to meet up with her, and it was amazing to see what kind of you know response we had after all those years. Yeah, and the fans were still there, and it was like just being straight back into 99. That was so amazing.
0: Mm, I can imagine it's just it's so nostalgic because, uh, I mean, we we obviously get a lot of bands kind of touring out here that go on those sort of tours, but I mean, as you said, first time for you guys to, to be out here to perform, so I think all the, the people who were buying, you know, Blue back in 1999 and had waited 13 years
4: to, hey, we finally get to see it live. yeah that that was that was really nice and everybody was like coming up with the records and asking for autographs it was just like being back then it was incredible it was like Really, really amazing! we have to thank the fans, of course, for doing such a great job on this, and blue becoming an evergreen, so you know it 's not anymore tied to you know what time can do to your songs it 's just just jumped over all of that, and it 's moving on from generation to generation. We have new fans coming on in, and that 's so amazing I mean for dance music, that is something so hard to happen because dance music is always you know tied to the the moment that it 's working on and and then it just disappears with everything else. So being able to jump over what normally dance music does and moving into the pop scene and grabbing an evergreen hit like Blue is such an amazing thing.
0: I mean, I can imagine when you guys were writing the song and writing the album back then before it was released, you can never really imagine how big it was going to become. So, I mean, when all that success sort of came about with Blue and then the album that followed, I I mean, how do you handle that? The expectations that all of a sudden were being put on you with all your music?
4: Well, what really happens is that, um, when you start, you know, making music, you you do want something big to happen, right? But you're just so into writing music that you just don't concentrate on that. And you, if obviously you're a dance music producer, you do write so many songs during the year and give it so many different names. And that's what happened with blue back then. Um, it was one of the, you know, the projects we were working on at the time and, um, in 98, when it was originally released, you know, we're talking about October 98, uh, it kind of, it was a real slow mover. So it, it kind of like, you know, just pushed back in our mind. And in um, April 99, when it actually just blew everything up like on the radio and tv it was like you know a bomb in your house you just don't expect that to happen to you Mm. and what is so amazing about it is that everything is so fuzzy you have to be riding on airplanes and doing so many things that the only time that you do have to you know understand that all of this is happening to you is when it's already gone um so you like you're in the mechanism but you don't know you're into it and when it all just passes by like you, you started this interview saying everything that happened you know the grammy awards and the million records sold and i realized all of that when it was already you know behind my back so that's something that luckily your brain helps you work yourself with as this thing happens to you because if you do Understand that all of that is happening. You know, you kind of like get get flashed out of your head. Mm. And uh, back then, it was so busy, and the schedule was so tight. You really didn't have any time to concentrate on what was happening to you.
0: Where did the idea for the song come come from? I mean, I've read in past interviews that you've mentioned it. It's about sort of how the way people see things. But you know, you also like people to to leave the meaning open to in- interpretation. Of course, I realized with the song too.
4: Well um back then when when we started writing blue it it started off from uh, Maori r- writing the the piano you know melody which turned into the the chorus obviously and uh when it came to be that I had to be putting lyrics to the song um at the time, I, I was I was pushing myself into kind of, you know mental kind of stuff, um, wondering about you know how we are the universe and what we do and what we see, uh, concentrating on the fact that if something is red, is it really red or do we see it red? You know that that kind of stuff. Um, And I I was moving my mind into that kind of thing. And I realized that we see things as we are made to see things. And we do that with our life. So we kind of like have a lens, a colored lens that we filter things with. So the people we choose, the the clothes we buy, the kind of life we want to live, the things we like and the things we don't like, we all filter this with our personal lens. And everybody has their own personal lens. So I, I use the metaphor of this concept with the color blue. So that's what it means when I say I have a blue house with a blue window, Mm -hmm. a blue girlfriend, a blue tree and everything is blue. It's not that I'm totally crazy, (laughs) but the thing is that, um, I'm, I'm, I'm explaining that, uh, that's what, people do you know you have your unique color and you filter everything with that color so that's the metaphor and we we pushed it into uh, a sort of kind of like happy song uh, so people you know would would dance to it and they would feel good to it but if someone would like to you know move into the meaning of the song and start asking themselves what exactly is it talking about then they could push themselves into something more mindful as that
0: mm. and one of the things, of course, that no doubt um, over the years people have always misquoted the lyrics, as they do with songs, and of course, obviously with blue, people think that it's, uh, you know, the lyric after I'm blue, if I were green, I would die. Uh, I mean, I re- yeah, right.
4: <laughs> well, I had a big problem in the in the United States with that. You know, there were a lot of people thinking that we were saying stuff like that, but it, it's really just not anything. It's like la la la, you know. Yeah. It mean da ba di da ba dai. It's just la la la. It's a new way of saying la la la. Uh, that's that's what it was because we 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 kind of like wanted something that would you know, not move into any language or anything and kind of like uh, get people singing uh, no matter what part of the world they were from. And that's, that's the main thing part you know of, of blue of the, the chorus part that, that tied the entire world it had it had no time and no language actually so it's not like something you'd be writing in english and you would have to know english exactly to to sing that song or somehow you know at least move your way into that kind of language so blue, luckily did not do that so
0: what was it about the song then in america you mentioned that got you into trouble <laughs>
4: Well, there were a lot of people coming up and saying, are you a racist? I mean, are you saying, are you trying to say in a different way that if you were black and you were not white, you would kill yourself and stuff like that? Um, And of course, I mean, I come from the United States. Uh, I've I've lived there for a long time. And that explains my accent from New York and anything. And I am nothing. I mean, I have I am no way a racist. I mean, I have a lot of different friends uh, that are Italian, Japanese, and uh, a lot of black people that I like. I mean, really good friends, so that has nothing to do with being a racist, and we do not say, I'm if I was green, I would die there was no meaning of that kind in the song, I mean, it really talks about the thing that I explained before you know, about the lens and the colour and all that
0: mm, I, I remember at school, like, somebody coming to me and saying to me, Ben, this is it, somebody's told me what they say after I'm blue, it's if I were green, I would die, and we're like, yes, it makes sense, and then of course we realised it wasn't, but I mean, I could imagine no, over course. the years that, uh, have you heard some other weird things that people thought what you were saying
4: well well yeah yeah i mean the the word blue itself uh, kind of like had different meanings in the places we were going um, it, in england people were thinking we were saying we were sad you know mm-hmm. so uh, and we had to explain that that was not the meaning and um uh, they say in Germany, they use the word blue to say drunk. So, wow. Uh, yeah. So they were uh, – we we were having drunk people coming up and saying, I'm blue. And I was like, <laughs> okay, now I get the meaning of what you're saying to me because when they were saying I'm blue in the beginning, I just could not catch the concept of it. And um, then the, the one of the funniest part was in um, – was in Russia, and someone on, on a TV show while we, we were being interviewed said that blue was meaning gay. Wow. Um, so, yeah, yeah, which is great. So, <laughs> we, had, we had different meanings all over the world, and it was, I mean, I had no idea at all that choosing the color blue, which is my favorite color, of course, right. uh, would somehow push me into this kind of thing. But it was curious because it helped out, you know, it, it kind of like got people um, remembering the song for more reasons.
0: Hmm. That's interesting kind of to think the different meanings it has in all countries like that, actually. So it's, it's fascinating. Yeah, such yeah a... it's the same
4: thing about the number, you know, yeah. like Eiffel 65. They, a lot of people were asking, were you born in 65? And, th- and there's a really, really funny meaning behind that. I mean, how we got to 65 is incredible because we did not choose it at all, believe me. None of I, of us uh, choose, chose Eiffel 60. 60- I mean, 65 is the number because we only chose Eiffel. You know, when, this, when the song was, was, was about to come out, we chose Eiffel and um, we did everything you know you 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 get the label copy up and going with all the information about the song on it and we gave this to our producer which had to control it of course and then give it to the the graphic designer so that we would have the sleeve done and uh, what happened was that the producer at the time was was on the phone and he was trying to write down a phone number on a piece of paper he put it over the label copy he did not know that he was over you know out of the uh, of the blank paper and writing on the label copy so the last two digits of the phone number were 6 and 5 wow and it it really ended up next to the name so the graphic designers thought okay they added, they added this in a second moment so he didn't ask anybody he just fused it all together and it became eiffel 65 so when the song came out i was like 65 where where did this come from i don't remember that <laughs> and I I went to Maori and I said listen Maori do do you you have any idea about the 65 thing he goes no I thought you and Massimo decided it I said no I don't remember anything about that so when we got to talk to Massimo he said well yeah it was a mistake Uh, I realized it later but the song was already out so there was no way to change it so that's how we became Eiffel 65 wow that's incredible
0: uh, sounds kind of rolls off the tongue well though doesn't Eiffel 65
4: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. I mean it it was really weird you know because there there was no way that we, we had a number in our mind I mean six and five, N- nothing related to any of, a- of us, you know, N- none of us were born in-, in 65 and there was no real relationship with the number. Hmm.
0: Fascinating, fascinating. I mean, with-, with the song and with the album too, I mean, you guys were one of the first bands really to use what we now know, of course, as uh, auto-tune, which really kind of set yeah, a trend as well. Yeah, auto-tune
4: and, and, vo- and vocoders, is right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. so, I mean,
0: what's kind of your take on how that's developed now? And I mean, it seems to get a lot of criticism now, doesn't it, that people kind of rely
4: on it too much? Well, um, you know, it really all depends on how you you move into autotune. you know uh, back at back at the time when we were making music, and we were not putting any limits to anything. Of course, I mean, I can sing and I can sing a lot of different things, but what we were, what we were looking for was something different. So um as we were processing sounds, you know like putting compressors on sounds or reverb or anything like that we kind of moved this concept to vocals and um, we were putting a lot of autotune and vocoders on on vocals at the time so that we had this kind of like robotic kind of futuristic sound and that's what we were looking for back then um but this kind of concept moved on a different way daft punk obviously made this uh, a, a religion you know uh, and uh, and they used it widely and and I would say that they they are one of the best bands that I actually know that can really use this thing in a really cool way um, the I think the big problem with autotune at the moment is when they when you use autotune, you like to fix people up um, because you know there 's a lot of talking about uh being an an in tune uh singer or a kind of like a little sloppy tune singer and i really don't i don't concentrate too much on that uh i think i think that what what is best for for a band is is usable i mean if you have it it's like having a computer and having to go to the library to get a to get a book you know um if you have something and you can use it then go ahead you know i i think technology should be spent to um have someone's idea get to people mm. that's what i think yeah. and um of course you know you can be a dj pushing buttons or you can be a musician playing playing a guitar or a keyboard but if the final result that you're getting is that people are enjoying what they're what you're giving to them then i think that there's you know there's kind of like a compromise about this kind of use, you know, like auto-tune and pushing buttons or using technology to make your music bigger than what you would normally be able to do with your own hands. Uh, so I, I really don't have a problem with that. I think that technology is to be used and spent to make creati- creativity a, a bigger and more usable thing.
0: Hmm. That's a good way of looking at it, actually. It's a, it's a very, very fascinating way of looking at it. One thing, though, that I will say here, Jeffrey, that we're doing on this show is... um. Obviously, as I said at the top of the show, we're, we, we love you guys, we just love Blue. It's, it's it's a song that I haven't got out of my head in 16 years, and I'm not complaining because to me, it's one of oh, don't tell me. <laughs> it's like the best songs in the history of the world. So what we're trying to do on the show this year is we're trying to play it 100 times in 2015. We're trying to get to the magical century, and I, I don't know if there, I mean are there still people out there who are religiously playing this song like that Because we think we might be doing a first year, Jeffrey. We don't know.
4: Oh, that would be great. I mean, first of all, thank you for playing it a hundred times. That would be great. I don't know how much you're going to love us after you play it a hundred times, but I'm, I'm really curious to see what comes out of it. Um, well, I do have to say one thing. We're touring a lot and Blue is incredible. Every time we, we close the concert, because it's the closing song of our show, every time we close the concert with that song, when it gets to that song, it's incredible. Mm. We have we have people out of their minds, and we're talking about 18-year-old kids up to 45-year-old, you know, people that have children and have uh, families and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it's incredible how this song is somehow still working its way. Into the evergreen market. Hmm. Well,
0: what, another aspect of that too was a couple of years ago, of course, Iron Man 3. The credits start rolling. What do we hear? Yo, listen up, here's the story. Yeah, yo, bang.
4: listen up, here's the story. amazing. You exactly like, you all of a sudden change.
0: get these people straight away, take them back to 1999. It must have been incredible to have them come to you and say, hey, can we use blue at the start of Iron Man 3?
4: Well, there's a really curious thing behind that. You know, like the Massimo, the producer, called me and he said, uh, listen, I have, um, I have some good news and I have some bad news. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, we, can we start with the bad news? He goes, no, I have to start this time with the good news. Yes, he says, um, we have uh, Iron Man 3 the movie coming out and they requested blue and i was like you gotta be kidding me because i really love the marvel stuff i mean if i can be a superhero i mean i would be a superhero that'd be great absolutely uh, i love this stuff i've been loving it since i was a kid you know spider-man and i have all the blu-rays and all that kind of stuff i really like it and so he was telling me that they were going to use um uh, blue for iron man uh three but he said listen they only asked for one condition i was like what's that he says, well they have um, they have an Asian market on this' a Chinese market and they want they want us to uh, to use a, a Chinese version of blue wow. for that market. <laughs> and I was like, okay, and I had uh, um, a Mandarin teacher help me sing the entire intro. In Mandarin. Wow. If you look it up on the internet, you'll find it. It sounds exactly like the, you know, the the English one, but it's in Mandarin. Wow. So that was really funny because I had to learn it overnight. He says, "Listen, we have to give give this back to them tomorrow." I was like, "What? I don't even have time to study this." I was like, <laughs> "Well, we have a teacher coming in. You have to be flying in to 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 sing this." And so I had to go. Uh, into the studio and learn the mandarin version of it and sing it and get it done by one day And wow. that's that was really credible <laughs> and another weird thing about the movie is that when um, When the movie came out, I did not know that it was just you know the, the opening track of the, of the movie I just didn't know I thought it was like, you know uh, a song They use why while there's some kind of scene in some kind of club, you know and people were talking over it and stuff like that That's what I was imagining, you know, so I invited a lot of friends and and we were all there waiting to the movie Movie to start, and so when when the movie got you know started and it was the opening track, I had my mouth so wide open I couldn't believe what was happening. I was like, "Holy shit, this is incredible! I can't believe it!" <laughs> wow, this has got to be out of the world, and that that was amazing. And all my friends were really laughing out loud because I had such a silly face on at the moment. <laughs> and so as you can see even though Blue has done so much, it still surprises us.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. Wow. Um, a lot of people right now are Googling the Mandarin version of it, uh, Jeffrey. They're trying to find that. Oh,
4: definitely. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. I mean, I, I'm sure that they're going to have a laugh about it.
0: Yes. yes. Now, yeah. um, before we let you go, one question I've got to ask, which no doubt everybody asks you in every interview right now, Jeffrey, that you're doing at the moment, a new album, i 65. It looks like it's been in the works for some time. I know you've been doing some of your solo stuff recently, which is great, by the way. We're going to play some of that as well. But, um, Thanks. um 65 new album what's the latest
4: well what we're trying to do is actually get ourselves into a common sound uh the biggest problem is not writing songs but getting it right you know getting the right sound to it back then we had our own sound so we were kind of like you know making something new nowadays with so much stuff going on it's really hard to be you know innovative and um that is the biggest you know mountain to climb at the moment we really have to get over that We are working on it. We do have a few songs um, that we did right back then, some new stuff that we came up with right now. Uh, We do have some English and Italian tracks, but we still have to, you know, kind of like, you know, get the sound on focus, which is not ready yet. So uh, hopefully within this year, we might be having a single coming out. And uh, once we have that going we'll see what kind of market works around that and, you know, kind of like build on that.
0: Mm, well, fingers crossed, because I know we're definitely looking forward to it. And I will say that obviously we're focused a lot talking about blue and uh, all the early stuff, but uh, I'm a fan of everything else that's been released since, mate. And I can tell you one thing, the stuff kind of also around the Torino Olympics as well. Obviously, you guys are native from uh, Torino. That was all great as well. And uh, I think a lot yeah, of it, people, yeah, need yeah. To, people need to check into it more because um, I, I really do think that um, the sound and everything that you guys have is, is amazing. And there's a lot more to it than blue, Jeffrey. Can I just point that out?
4: Well, thank you, yeah. Well, there is a lot behind IFL65. You can check out, you know, the socials, uh, our internet site, which is IFL65.com. We do have uh, updates on our Facebook page, official uh, Facebook page, and each one of us has a solo project, which is uh, giving to the band and, you know, working on ourselves. Mm -hmm. So uh, we really look forward to, to, you know, having some new fans coming in.
0: And we will put all the links up on the pages, of course, and people can, of course, check you out on Twitter as well, at Jeffrey J. Follow you online and see what else you're up to mate huge pleasure having you on the show this morning it's an honor to chat to you i'm so excited that we've gotten this done and uh, we look forward to uh, hearing those new tracks and uh, seeing you back out here in uh, australia too in the future hopefully too
4: well yeah we are already talking about you know a new tour uh, in Australia. Um, we have some emails right now talking about how many how many gigs we're going to be doing and uh, which cities we're going to be doing them in. So Hobart. If we're come lucky... to
0: Hobart. You didn't come here last time. Come down here this time.
4: <laughs> well, well, I do have to go to Melbourne for sure because if I don't, my, my aunt is going to kill me. But... <laughs> um, and I, I do want to get back to Sydney. Oh, my yes. God. What an amazing city. Beautiful I was city. like, you know, breathtaking. It was incredible to be there. And the response... In, in the shows was so incredible it was like oh my god I mean I, I really would like to be, have a house in Sydney because it's such an incredible place but my aunt would kill me if I buy a house in Sydney so <laughs> I have to think about what I'm doing because you know I'm, I'm kind of like you know controlled from up in the sky <laughs> so I have to be really careful start in Melbourne then you can work to
0: Sydney now she'll yeah, get yeah, over well, well,
4: like uh, maybe I'll rent a house in Melbourne yes. so my aunt will be happy and then I'll buy one in, in Sydney <laughs> that works. but I won't tell her I won't no. tell her I hope she doesn't hear this. in <laughs> no,
0: she won't hear this at all, mate. Appreciate your time, and uh, best luck. We look forward to seeing how everything goes in that. Dan, it's
4: been great. It's been really great to be here, man. Thank you so much. Now,
0: one thing that we've done... Uh, here on the show since 2011 for six years in a row is commentate on the Tasmanian Ice Hockey League Grand Final and this weekend, this coming Saturday it is the 2017 edition of the Tasmanian Ice Hockey League Grand Final. Now initially we were going to be commentating all the playoffs games given our travelling schedule kind of got a bit skew if last week and getting back in time for that one. We will only be commentating the Grand Final happening this Saturday as I just mentioned. Now at the time of recording this, we are recording this on a Monday because we releasing this on a Monday, uh, we do know that the Red Barons are into the grand final. They're first since our very first year we commentated back in 2011. They will either play the Falcons, who have not missed a grand final since 2013, or the brand new team in this year's competition, the Icebreakers, who last week eliminated my team and the reigning defending champions, the Cougars. So it's going to be an interesting uh, grand final. I'm I'm rooting for the Icebreakers. Like to see an Icebreakers Red Baron's grand final, so we can kind of have someone new to uh, to lift that trophy. But uh, what we thought we'd do in the lead-up, because obviously we'll release the grand final commentary separately and we'll probably put a few highlights on our uh, podcast next week, we thought we'd go back to the very first year we ever did commentary for the Ice Hockey Grand Final, 2011 to be precise. Here is a snippet of our coverage of the 2011 Tasmanian Ice Hockey League Grand Final, our very first taste at doing this.
5: Yes, Ben, it was a, a great save by the, the uh, Red Barons goalkeeper there, Joel Richardson, but wasn't enough because the... The ball spilled out to the Cougars player who slotted it in nicely. That
0: is a puck, of course, Sam. We must uh, remember that, not a ball. But uh, it's easy to forget these things. But I think, look, the Cougars once again bring it up into their half of the ice. And, oh, we've got a loose stick. (laughs) Everything's happening right in front of us here. It's a game. This is what's brilliant about ice hockey. There's so many people... And uh, what are we watching here? With well, the, the whistle's gone. But, uh, look, I, I think we've got a bit of cross-checking going along here, Sam. The thing that a lot of people don't realise with ice hockey, because it's not well publicised here in Tasmania, it's a free-flowing sport. It hardly ever stops. I know we've just seen a stoppage, but uh, very rarely will we ever see a stoppage.
5: That's right. And that's why the game is so hard physically, Ben, because uh, there's just no stoppages uh. The player's constantly on the move, and endurance is a very important factor in ice hockey. The Red Barons here looking likely to score at the moment. The Cougars just cannot bring anything up the ice as they're trying to hold it in
0: their end. They've got 36 seconds to ride it up here. The Cougars calling for it. Here's Graham for your man, Samuel. He can't get a hold of it. Now, the Red Barons out there on the breakaway. They've got somebody in the centre there, but he's not watching it as the puck gets brought up. Bit of a shove, up against the board. It's now the Cougars have got a chance to break away. He holds on to it. Can this be in? That's a shot. Oh, it's gone wide. Oh, that would have been so handy. Richard Fox, he's not a happy chappy with that shot. That was a perfect opportunity. And now here come the Red Barons. A chance with only eight seconds on the clock. Has it gone in? No, it hasn't. The Cougars once again. They're going to run out of time here, I think. That's a shot. It's in. One second on the clock.
5: What can you say about that? Absolutely magnificent. Uh, Richard Fox. I I was a bit worried about him there, Ben, after he missed that shot. Uh, Aggressively uh, hit his stick against uh, the wall. But... uh I, I thought he'd lost his cool there, but uh, gathered the gathered the puck beautifully, Ben, and, and slotted it in, as you say, with one second left on the clock.
0: Well, it is Movember, Samuel, and it couldn't be Movember without at least one of the refs having a moustache. I think we're going back to the glory days of the 70s and the 80s in the NHL. We've got some posters around us here at the uh, Glenorchy Ice Skating that look like they haven't been changed since the 70s or 80s. Maybe that's where they're getting it from, but the Cougars... In defence now for the first time in a while here. The Red Barons are just taking their time. No one marking up there on the side here. The Red Barons need a goal. It's gone over the top as the Cougars now have a chance here to break. Richard Fox, can he have a shot? He does! The Cougars are in front!
5: What an absolute turn for the books. They've scored the last three. Samuel McCrossin, this is the miracle on ice we've been talking about all night. Unbelievable, Ben, and I think this uh, right here is... uh, the, the advantage that the Cougars have with more players on the bench—they uh, look a, a lot energetic, really energetic right now. And we see Richard Boxer sitting on the bench right now. It's a very, very good-looking moustache, Ben. I think. Uh any any ice hockey player, any man for that matter, uh, would be proud to wear that moustache. If he hasn't raised at least $1,000, and I don't know what's wrong with the world, as the Cougars once again trying to just steal this with three
0: goals, has another shot. Oh, that was very high up off the glass as uh, the Red Barons are now conferring along the side. There's sticks going everywhere. There's players' hearts going everywhere. The Cougars shoving it up, having a look. Here's a shot. It's in. Oh. That's got to be it. That has to be it. The crowd now. This is this is an epic comeback here, brother. This is just the story of this season. I think for a first effort, we did okay. Sam in the commentary box there, of course, hasn't uh, commentated a game of ice hockey, I think, since 2013, basically. So Dakota should be in the box with me this weekend. Hopefully, Paul might join me as well. But uh, if you want to get along to the Tasmanian Ice Hockey League Grand Final, the Van Diemens League Grand Final, of course, it's this coming Saturday at the Glenorchy in the Tasmanian Ice Hockey Rink, uh, which is the only one in the state, basically. It's in Glenorchy, if you didn't know that. just follow Ice Hockey Tasmania on their Facebook for details and I'm sure we'll post some details on our Facebook page during the week. Get along. It's a great day and one that I definitely recommend. Well, we couldn't do this last week. We should have done some new ones when we are on the road, but it's that time of the week to play everybody's favourite game show. It's Forget the Lyrics here on the Brink on Edge Radio. Over oh, to the studio. Oh, Forget the Lyrics. And as always, we're going to play two for you today. We're going to go back to uh, 2013, first of all. Uh, this is myself. Um just letting you know and I'm singing to the thicky song, the iconic song, blurred lines, and maybe a little bit less controversial with the lyrics than the original song. I'm not hearing any donkey noises <laughs> 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 If you walk down to that zoo in italy you see a donkey and possibly a zebra maybe they're gonna mate maybe they're gonna relate maybe they're going to get together now when it is born nine months later down the road, you have an animal you've never seen before. It's half a donkey, it's half a zebra. It's got stripes on its legs. Now it's gonna getcha. It's a donkey. I know you like it. It's really cute now. Make Tali cry crying. It. It's a donkey. She's still crying. She's got some tears in her eyes really like zonky, you want it now make it like a cow make one with a sow cause you like mating animals together that really sounded really bad now I want the zonkey in my shop to show it off. It's really cute when you make it like a buffy. because I want that zonkey, the zonkey with you. It's gonna make people come and visit your local zoo. (laughs) You know, the funniest thing is... Being the operative word there, and we're also going to go all the way back uh, nine glorious years ago to the very first year we did get the lyrics. My man Josh, uh, he got in the booth and did his take of the iconic and some say this one song that you can never cover adequately enough, Bohemian Rhapsody. Let's hear how he went.
2: The brink is due to an all
0: time low.
2: Ben, just turn my can we start again, Ben? You just Uh, I I I sound like John
0: Howard there. Uh, (laughs) You just turn my (laughs) mic down. I turned your mic down and not my mic down. Alright, we have to we have to okay, just bear with it because we're not singing over this bit, so you know, we'll just warm your voice up here. I'm turning mine down now. So we're gonna start this again. Josh, thank you. Thank you.
2: Testing, testing. Awesome.
0: Here we go. It's yours, Lord yours,
2: baby. The brink just stooped to an all-time low. Singing bad farts on the show. Oh my God, we're gonna go, Mama. We're gonna get fired. Potty humor's not funny even when you're talking about the dunny. Mama Ooh. Ben didn't mean to make you cry If he did a poo again this time tomorrow Leave, leave the room Because it's going to really make you, yeah, cry mm.
0: Ouch Josh, ouch <laughs> Really hurts my feelings
2: Well Ben too late. My time has come. It sends shivers down my spine. Something's aching all the time. Goodbye, everybody. I've got to go. Gotta go and do a number two and make some noise. Oh! I feel like I want to die I sometimes wish that I never ate that pork casserole Instrumental
0: <laughs> I'll just flick myself on there Josh um, Do you need backup singers for the Galileo bit? I can be in the yeah, background Yeah, yeah, I'll take your lead you, it's a, I'll stand back, it's all yours When you're
2: ready. I see no toilet paper sitting on the toilet wall. On the wall? On the wall, Snelly. On the bottom, and lightning feels very frightening to me. Snelly Leo. (laughs) Snelly Leo. (laughs)
0: Leo.
2: (laughs) Magnifico. I'm just a poor radio host, don't insult me. Easy come, easy go. This show will definitely go. No, we,
0: will I will let let go.
2: go. we will not let him go.
0: let him go.
1: <laughs> let, me, let me go. Let me
2: go. Let me go. go. <laughs> oh, mamma mia, mamma mia, what we have just. to talk smelly. about oh, the yeah. farts.
0: Smell really for me. me. For me. I stand by that fact that people agree with generally that it's a song that should never be covered alrighty time to close it all out for another edition of The Brink and we'll be back next week, Monday of course now as I said at the top of this show uh, announcements in terms of The Brink Unleashed and when it's been released, I can officially announce we did put this on our Facebook page yesterday if you didn't see that uh, first trailer will be announced this uh, release this time next week, 6th of November uh, followed by the second trailer on the 9th of November the following Thursday, and the full film itself will be released on the 13th of November so two weeks today, the full film The Brink Unleashed 8, the ninth film in the franchise get excited, it's a good one uh it's definitely a fun one, knowing myself on the road. There's some fun bits in there that I'm sure you will enjoy. Uh, hashtag BU8 if you want to get involved with it. But uh, for sure, we will um, put more details up on our social media pages for you to get involved with that one and check it out. And no doubt this time next week, we'll bring you a bit of a snippet of the trailer, as we often do uh, when it comes into, um, I guess, his point of releasing these shows. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to stay in touch with us, follow us on uh, Facebook, uh Twitter. YouTube as well. Uh, You can, of course, subscribe via Stitcher, Spotify, and uh, iTunes. Actually, we're not on Spotify. That's the Oz Network. Um, But follow the Oz Network on Spotify because we want you to. Uh, And while you're on these services, please leave us some feedback, some ratings, rate us out of five. Um, I think today's worth a four. I think it's a pretty good episode. So, um, yeah, we appreciate any feedback, support that you'd like to give us. You can message us. You can send us any comments or anything along the lines. And as I mentioned earlier in this episode, get along to the Ice Hockey Tasmanian Grand Final this coming Saturday at the hockey Ice Skating Rink. Going to be a good one. And uh, let's see how that all plays out. In the meantime, thank you for tuning in to The Brink. It's been a pleasure. Next week, episode 50. We're reaching the half century. Can you believe it? My name is Ben. Thanks for tuning in. Keep sucking those oranges, Hobart. And good night.